0: For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, and all are justified freely by His grace through the redemption that came by Christ Jesus. God presented Christ as a sacrifice of atonement through the shedding of His blood to be received by faith. He did this to demonstrate His righteousness, because in His forbearance, He had left the sins committed beforehand unpunished. He did it to demonstrate His righteousness at the present time so as to be just and the one who justifies those who have faith in Jesus. May God bless the reading from His Holy Word. Please be seated. So good morning once again. You know how I wish every Sunday is Communion Sunday. You know why? Because when it's Communion Sunday, almost all of us are present. Look at the chairs. Last last Sunday, there were so many empty chairs. Now, there are few, right? So announcement next Sunday is another Communion Sunday. (laughs) All right. Now, it's the season of Lent, and as I have said, It's a time. This is the time of the year where the rest of Christendom focuses on the death, the suffering, resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ. Lent will have its culmination with Resurrection Sunday, right? And to begin, let's have a a quick game. (laughs) Name the logo game because I'm just fascinated how you know, big companies today would spend millions and millions of pesos or, or even dollars to come up with a logo or a signage so that people will recognize. I mean, there's a science to doing it, so that everywhere in the world, when you see that logo, you know that's the company. So we'll see how far do you know these companies. For example, this one. Right, it's Mac or Apple. All right, what about this one? All right, (laughs) Basakaon Mayagyut. How about this one? Mercedes-Benz, very good. Nike. Toyota, very good. So far? Adidas, you see? You don't have to put the name of the company, you know it. All right, very good. Okay, Chanel. Okay, leaks of Bags. How about this? <laughs> Everybody, you're perfect. This one. Before that is Gucci, this is Gucci. <laughs> and this one, Christ. Okay, it's a symbol for what? Christianity. And, and just like all this all these logos, all these emblems of companies. For the Christians, for Christianity as a whole, the cross has always been the emblem of our faith, right? Wherever we are, we want to see the cross as a symbol of our faith, the symbol of Christ. And that is why in our sanctuary, we have a very beautiful, huge cross here to remind us of what Jesus did. And brethren, that is exactly you know, the whole crux of Christianity is the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ. At the center of our faith, at the center of the Bible, is the cross. And that is our focus this year series. The Atonement of Christ. The Atonement of Christ. That's the title of our Lent series for 2023. And And today, I want to start with this introductory uh, sermon entitled, The Necessity of the Atonement. The Necessity of the Atonement. Now, first of all, let us define what is the atonement. Why was it so necessary for Jesus to die on the cross? Why is the cross at the center of our Christian faith? of Christianity as a religion? Why is the cross the emblem of our faith? Now, let us define atonement. According to Merriam Webster, to atone, okay, that's the root word, to make amends, to provide or serve as a reparation or compensation for something bad done. Right? To atone. Now, in, in the Bible, the atonement means the sacrifice needed to remove or appease the anger of God against the sins of men. And that is why we find in the whole Old Testament all sorts of sacrifices, right? So to atone means to remove the pain. For example, you hurt someone and that someone you know is offended by what you do and you want to, you know, you want to console that person. How can I repay, you know, the hurt, the offense I made? And let's just say that's a child. And for that child to stop crying, for that child to forgive you, you have to buy that child a candy. And in that respect, that atoned the child's pain. Alright? In the Bible, the atonement it, you know, are the sacrifices that people made. But in a specific way, the atonement is the suffering and death of Jesus Christ on the cross to pay for our sins, to earn our salvation. So in short, the word atonement for Christianity simply means the death of Christ. All right? The death of our Lord Jesus Christ. Everything He did during that Holy Week, that Passion Week, that's the atonement. All right? His life being offered as a sacrifice for your sins and my sins so that we can be forgiven, so that we can have everlasting life. That's the atonement, all right? Now, why is the atonement necessary? Some skeptics would ask, if God is a loving God, if He's a powerful God, why not just forgive everyone, right? Right? Why would God take all the way, you know, from bringing His Son from heaven, giving Him a human birth, and then suffering on the cross? Why take all those extent? Why not just forgive? He can do that, right? Can God do that? Yes. In His power? But the question, why He did not? (laughs) See? There is something there. God could have easily just wiped off all our sins and just opened the way for heaven for all of us. But that's not what's happening in the Bible. That's not what we are told in the Scripture. So perhaps there is something significant about the atonement that it is necessary. In fact, it's the only way for people to be saved. It's the only way for people to be forgiven. The death of Christ on the cross. Now friends, why do we have to understand this? Why do we have to go through the whole 40 days of the, Holy, of the Lent season to know about the atonement? You know why? Because even if people know that Jesus died on the cross for their sins, so many people, even among Christians, don't exactly understand. How do we know we don't understand? In the way we worship. See? If you don't know what Jesus did for you, then your worship will be casual. The way you understand your faith is just casual. You know, just, you know, God loves me, He died on the cross for us, and that's it. But without actually understanding the nitty gritty part of what Jesus accomplished on the cross, People will never worship Jesus and honor Him. And that's why some of us here, you know, in our worship, you know, it's like just attending a service. Not realizing, why the cross? What's going on? What happened there? See? A lot of us are just so casual in our faith, so casual in our understanding of Jesus, because we don't know what really happened behind the scenes. And that is why it is important that every believer understands the atonement. All right? Understands the atonement. For now, why the atonement is necessary? There are three big reasons for that. All right? And let's begin with the first one. All right? It is the crux of the entire Bible. It is the crux of the entire Bible. Why talk about the death of Christ? Because it is crucial to our faith. Everything that Christianity stands for happened on the cross. By the way, brethren, did you know that the words crucial and crux, they come from the same Latin word for the word cross see the word crooks the word's crucial it is very crucial all right both words come from the same latin word which means cross so we understand that the cross of our lord jesus christ it as is the very crooks of our faith all right in fact the rest of the bible points to the death of our Lord Jesus Christ. Now, that's something that I want to prove this morning. And there are several evidences. Why? I start with that. Why is the atonement of Jesus Christ necessary? Because it's the crux of what the Bible teaches. In fact, it is at the center of Christianity as a whole. All right? First evidence. It is foreshadowed in the Old Testament sacrifices. It is foreshadowed in the Old Testament sacrifices. Now, let me just be quick with this. Now, in the book of Genesis, we know what happened. Sin entered humanity, right? Adam and Eve rebelled against God. They sinned. They did not do what God required them to do. And so what happened? they become what? Sinners. Fallen short from the glory of God. And what happened? What was the first reaction when they sinned? They hid themselves. They found themselves naked. Nakedness is the first result of sin. Shame. They felt shame. And they tried to soothe what? Leaves, but... That wasn't the right way to cover themselves. And so, we are told in Genesis chapter 3, verse 21, that the Lord God made clothing from animal skins for Adam and his wife. Friends, that is the first foreshadowing of the sacrifice of Christ. You know why? What message is God telling them? For you to be, to be shameless, for you to be covered of your shame, Somebody has to die to cover your sins. See? The skin of animals. So in order for you to get the skin, you have to kill the animal. So for people to be clothed, it was bloody. That was already a reminder. See? For you to be covered by your sin, somebody or someone has to die. At that point, animals would have to die as a substitute. Alright? So, that's the meaning of atonement. In the Old Testament, the atonement, the view of the atonement in the Old Old Testament is more on expiation. Let me just introduce to you the first theological term connected to the atonement. Expiation. You can actually Google that. Expiation, to expiate. What's that? In the Old Testament, it means to cover. All right. Animals were sacrificed to cover the sins of men. It's not to remove, it's just to cover. See? Because that was just temporary. In Genesis chapter 4, verse 4, we find another foreshadowing of the atonement of Christ, the sacrifice of Abel. Remember? Abel's sacrifice was pleasing to God, it was accepted, while Cain's sacrifice was not accepted. Alright? Why? Because Abel's sacrifice covered the sin. See, there's the shedding of blood. In Genesis 22, verse 13, the atonement is also foreshadowed by that ram that was caught up by the ticket. See? When when God tested Abraham to sacrifice his son and, and God realized that Abraham was willing to sacrifice his son. There was nothing that will stand between God and Abraham. And so the angel of the Lord says, Stop, Abraham. Now the Lord knows. Of course, God knew in advance. The test was not for God to know. It was for Abraham to demonstrate. God knew about it in advance. Now Abraham realized that to be saved, there must be what? There must be a substitute sacrifice. So instead of, of, of Isaac being slaughtered in that altar, the ram was being slaughtered. That's atonement. Somebody else's died for Isaac at that day. And then we find that in Exodus chapter 12, the Passover. Remember? The 10th plague. The angel of death will pass over all throughout Egypt, killing all the firstborns. And that is why the Jews, they were commanded, they were to what? They were to sacrifice a perfect lamb and, you know, spread the blood of the lamb in the, you know, the posts, the doorposts. So that when the angel of death will come and when the blood of the lamb is found on their doorposts, the angel of death will simply pass over. And that is why that became one of their annual festivals, the Passover. And the Passover, my dear friends, that's exactly, the Passover of the Jews year after year is exactly the same celebration of our Holy Week. And the same day and hour when all the, the Passover lamb are slaughtered, that's the very moment When Jesus died on the cross. Because indeed, Jesus is the Passover lamb. In Leviticus 16, you find there the Day of Atonement, Yom Kippur. The annual celebration in which the priest would bring two goats. One goat will be slaughtered in the temple. The other one will be what? Called the scapegoat. Alright? So the priest would lay hands on on the goat. You know, and, and praise. What's the, what's the symbolism there? Putting all the sins of the Jews upon the sheep. And then the sheep will be what? Loosen. Okay? As a reminder that for now, I'm going to forget your sin. Alright? With the idea that that goat will not return alive because that goat will be killed in the wilderness by wild beasts. Symbolizing that for now, God will forgive all your sins. See, but in order for God to do that, the goats are sacrificed, the lambs are sacrificed. See, the atonement is foreshadowed in the Old Testament. And God explained why in Leviticus 17.11, why the blood, Lord? And here's the answer. For the life of a creature is in the blood, and I have given it to you to make atonement for yourselves on the altar. It is the blood that makes atonement. See? The blood. Because the blood is life. The life of the creature is in the blood. And the, the message of God is this. Because... You sinned against me. Life must be taken as a payment. Alright? That's the atonement in the Old Testament, brethren. The second one, not only the atonement is foreshadowed in all the sacrifices in the Old Testament, but the atonement is fulfilled by Christ himself. Alright? Look at Luke 24. This is during the resurrection. Jesus Christ... Was walking with his two sad and confused disciples going to emails. And Jesus joined them. And they were discussing about you know the prophecies, they were discussing about the death of Christ, and they were so perplexed. They were saying, We thought he's the Messiah. In other words, it never came to their mind that death and suffering is part of the Messiah's ministry. And so they were confused. And then Jesus. But in and said, how foolish you are and how slow to believe all that the prophets have spoken. Take note, all that the prophets have spoken. It's like Jesus saying, didn't you know that everything the prophets from Genesis to Malachi, everything they wrote about is me. I am the crooks of the whole Old Testament. Did not the Messiah have to suffer these things? and then enter His glory? Notice how Jesus phrases words, have to. See? That's the necessity. Did not the Messiah have to suffer these things then enter His glory? And beginning with Moses and all the prophets, basically beginning with Genesis until Malachi, He explained to them what was said in all the scriptures concerning what? concerning himself. Jesus is the atonement. Everything done in the Old Testament points to our Lord Jesus Christ. Now the book of Hebrews explains further about this. Hebrews 9:12, he referring to our Lord, he did not enter by means of the blood of goats and calves, but he entered the most holy place once for all Take note, by His own blood, thus obtaining eternal redemption. See? In the Old Testament, people were bringing their sheep, their calves, their goat as a temporary sacrifice. That is just expiation. It's simply to cover their sins. But Christ came not just to expitiate, but to propitiate. That's the second theological word you hear this morning, propitiation. Don't you worry, because we will have one Sunday to discuss about propitiation. To propitiate means not only to cover, but literally to remove the sin. So in Jesus Christ, our sins were not just covered, our sins were removed. We were propitiated. So that the Bible says, your sins are no more. Though it used to be so red, crimson red, but it shall become what? White as snow. Can you imagine that? All because of the atonement. See? For by His own blood, He obtaining eternal redemption. So Christ was sacrificed once to take away the sins of many. See that? It's no longer expitiate, not just to expitiate, but to propitiate the removal of the sin and the removal of the anger. And that's why we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen? That's why when we worship the Lord, and because we trusted the death of Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, we worship Him not as convicted criminals but as forgiven children see that's why we can come boldly into the throne of grace of our God that's why we no longer dread and be terrified of hell why because if you have received Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior there is no more hell for you but heaven that's what Jesus did see Alright? Not to bear sin. He's coming not to bear sin, but to bring salvation to those who are waiting for Him. And even in the book of Revelation, all right? so from Genesis, you find the atonement in all the Scripture, even to the last book of generation. In the book of Revelation, in Gen- Revelation chapter 5, John the Apostle gives us a glimpse of what's going on in heaven. There's worship. And what is the crux of their worship? Who was at the center of their worship? The same thing, the Lamb. See? That's why in Revelations 5.12, you know, all the hosts of heaven, the saints, the elders, the angels, they were all singing with one song, worthy is the Lamb who was slain to receive power and wealth and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and praise. Amen? The lamb is still at the center. See? Now, if Jesus Christ was just a human being, as some religions would claim, will the host of heaven worship a human being? In heaven? If Jesus, if Jesus Christ is just a human being, do you think angels will worship Him? And give Him honor and glory? Absolutely not. Because only God deserves worship. And, if, and in the glimpse of John, if all the hosts in heaven worships the Lamb, therefore that Lamb is no other than the Lion of Judah, the Lord of Lords, and the King of Kings. And He is the one we worship. Amen? And so we find, brethren, that the crooks of the entire Bible is the death of Christ. See, From beginning to end, Jesus, I mean, God the Father was already teaching Adam and Eve, even at the beginning, in order for your sins to be covered, there must be shedding of blood. Why? Because it was a foreshadowing. One day, the Lamb will come who will take away all the sins of those who believe in Him. Now, third, we find that it is the focus of Paul's ministry. Now, why do we have to specialize on Paul? Because we know that Paul wrote almost all of the New Testament. Almost all the doctrines that we have in our Christian faith comes from the letters of Paul. And so Paul was an ex- a good theologian. He was a passionate missionary. He was very good in studying and teaching the Word. But for Paul, what is the crux of his theology? Notice 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 1 and 2. And so, it was with me, brothers, when I came to you, I did not come with eloquence or human wisdom as I proclaimed to you the testimony about God. Paul could do that. He was an elo- eloquent teacher. He was a trained Pharisee. He was the cream of the crop. But notice what Paul said. For I resolve. I like that word. I resolve. In some other translation, I, I make it my determination to know nothing. Notice this. While I was with you, except, what is that? Jesus Christ and Him crucified. See? Paul was saying. There could be so many good theologies about our faith, but if there's one thing that, that is supreme of all the things that we need to know, it's this one thing. And what is that one thing? Christ and Him crucified. No wonder in Galatians 6.14, Paul says, May I never boast except in what? In the cross. Of our Lord Jesus Christ, to which the world has been crucified to him, and I to the world. See? it's the cross of the entire Bible. from the writings of Moses, the prophets, even our Lord Jesus Christ, and even Paul himself. What is at the center of the Bible is the atonement, the death of our Lord Jesus Christ. That is why it is so necessary to understand it. Because that's the center of the whole Bible. His coming to earth is for one reason, to die. Amen? And we need to understand of all the things that Jesus could do, why He should die. Because of all the things that we need, it is our greatest need, a Savior. Because you and I, we can never be saved unless someone worthy will die for us. And that's Jesus Christ. Amen. Now, let's go to the second. Now, I'm just going to be quick here because we are going to spend one whole Sunday, one whole sermon rather, about the character of God. This is the second reason. Why we need to understand, why we need to know the atonement, why it is so necessary, it's because of the character of God the ultimate cause that led to Christ coming to earth and dying for our sin, find its genesis in the very attribute and character of God. Now, two things about God's character that necessitates the atonement. Number one, the wrath of God against sinners. The wrath of God against sinners. Now, brethren, this is very important to understand this doctrine. Because there is no other time and season in in human or in church history in which this doctrine has been misunderstood to the point of being abandoned. Modern Christians today, a lot of uh, liberal Christians today, they have abandoned the idea of God's wrath. They say, that's not the God that we worship. That's not the God that we know is a loving God. The God that we know is a forgiving God. And so, with that kind of theology, it paved the way for all sorts of what? Immorality to be accepted in the church. Because God is love. See? Because God is love. Because God is love, God understands that boys will be boys, girls will be girls, and those in between. See? That's the idea. Because God is love, God expects everyone to just behave the way they want. Anyway, God understands it because He's a loving God. Oh no, that's not the God in the Bible. The God in the Bible is not that God that, you know, He's, He's loving, and so He just tolerates everyone to behave however they want to behave. The Bible tells us, Leviticus 11.44, I am the Lord your God, consecrate yourselves and be holy because I am holy. And that's the God in the Bible. He's a holy God. To the point that people were so afraid to meet Him in their tent of meeting if they know they have still kept some sins because they knew God will know their sins. See? Consecrate yourselves. Deuteronomy 32, verse 4, He is the rock, His works are perfect, and all His ways, notice this, are just, a faithful God who does, not, who does no wrong, upright, and just is He. Brethren, righteousness of God, the righteousness, the holiness of God, makes Him the God that He is. And for people, to paint something other than that God is what? Idolatry, immorality. See? God's holiness, God's wrath is the holy revulsion of God's being against that which is the contradiction of His holiness. And a lot of times, because of our own perversions, we want to paint a God that we want. That is why the modern Christians today are still part of idolatry. Why idolatry? Because they are painting, they are painting a god that doesn't exist. A god that will just allow them and accept them the way they want. Because they don't want the God in the Bible. That's why they came up with doctrines like the Bible is not perfect. See? Point they would avoid anything that will convict them of their sins. Anything, any teaching in the Bible that is against their sin, they take it that's wrong. See? They only want a God who will just be what? It's okay. I know. I love you. It's okay. They want a God that way. See? But that's not the God in the Bible. The God in the Bible, according to St. Paul, is this, Romans 1.18, For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men, who by their unrighteousness, notice this, suppress the truth. So be careful. Be careful on the things you're reading in the internet. Because a lot of people today suppress the truth. And you know what we are doing when we suppress the truth? We are heaping up the wrath of God. See? Chapter 2, Romans 2, 5. But because of, his, because of your stubbornness and your unrepentant heart, according to Paul, you are storing up, notice this, wrath against yourself for the day of God's wrath. See? So how come these Christian say that there is no wrath? of God. It's in the Bible. This is not even in the Old Testament, this is in the New Testament. You see? How sad that some Christians are selective in their Bible study. (laughs) See? We want to focus more on, you know, God is merciful. Of course, that is true. God is merciful. God is gracious. But skip this portion in which God is saying, because of your stubbornness and your unrepentant heart, you are storing up wrath against yourself for the day of God's wrath. So there is a day of God's wrath when His righteous judgment will be revealed. God will repay each person according to what He has done. This is the opposite of what we talked about last Sunday, right? God will reward each person according to what He has done. That's good works. But God will also repay each person according to what He has done, according to the sins. See? So there is that wrath of God. Friends, here's, here's the deal. Without the atonement covering you, you are exposed to the wrath of God. Without the atonement of Christ, without the blood of Jesus Christ covering you, and cleansing your sin, that person is heaping up the wrath of God. Don't be like that person because God's wrath is upon you. Romans 3.19 Now we know that whatever the law says, it says to those who are under the law, notice this, so that every mouth may be silenced and the whole world held accountable to God. The whole world, can you imagine that? The rest of mankind, we are held accountable to God. But what did God do? Now, here's the good news. God presented Christ as the sacrifice of atonement. Here's something unusual. The God who is so angry with our sin is the same one who planned and presented the solution. See? See? That's how God solved the problem. Instead of God saying, okay, I will just forgive all of you. That would make God a bad judge. Can you imagine? Can you imagine the worst crime done to you? Can you imagine your whole family are slaughtered? Alright? They are all slaughtered, did all sorts of evil to your children, and you're the only survivor. And then, You go to the court and here is this good judge and this judge is a Christian and this judge says, because I am a Christian, I'm going to forgive the criminal. Okay, you criminal, you can go out and be free. How would you respond? Would you consider this judge a good judge? See? We don't want that kind of a judge, but people today want that kind of a God. See? See our standards? If God is judge, and He's a right judge, the sin must be paid. But God did something. He solved the problem. He presented Christ as the sacrifice of atonement. See? His judgment is not surpassed. His judgment is not bypassed, rather. It's still there. Somebody else's has to die, but this time, not You. He presented Christ as the sacrifice of atonement through the shedding of His blood to be received by faith. He did it, notice this, to demonstrate His righteousness. See? Why did God do that? Why was the atonement necessary? Because God was righteous. See? Because He's a righteous God, He must do the right thing. Simply forgiving all our sins without doing anything about it, that is not a righteous thing. See? He, He did it to demonstrate His righteousness so that He is what? Notice this. So as to be just. He's just. And notice the other one. And the one who justifies those who have faith in Christ. So, by putting Jesus Christ on the cross, God remains just, but at the same time, He's the one who justified us because He's the one who gave the solution. Friends, that's a great God, isn't it? We had a problem with Him. We offended Him. And yet, He's the only one who made the solution for us by sacrificing Himself. See? If anything has been lost from our culture, it is the idea that human beings are privately, personally, individually, ultimately, and exorably accountable to God for their lives. This thing is lost in our culture today. It's like we, we are going back to the time of the judges, that people would do sin and they would simply say, anyway, my God will forgive me. Okay? This is loss. We have to recapture this doctrine of the righteousness of God. There is no more fear of God in people's lives today. And that's the reason why there's so many crimes committed. No more fear of God. But then, it's not just about the wrath of God. There's also God's love. And we know this part, right? It's love that brought Christ to that cross. Amen? Notice 1 John 4, 9-10. This is how God showed His love among us. He sent His one and only Son into the world that we might live through Him. See that? That He might live through Him. This is love, not that we, we love God, but He loved us and sent His Son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. So in other words, brethren, what caused the atonement is not just the justice of God, the righteousness of God. It is also His love. That is why we can perfectly see that the cross is a perfect emblem of our faith because the wrath of God and the love of God met at Calvary, see, without compromising anything. So when, Jesus sent forth, when God sent forth Jesus to die on the cross, God remained just. We cannot question His justice. But then God remained gracious and loving because it was an act of love. So therefore, the death of Christ was both an act of love and an act of justice. Justice was served when Jesus died, but love was also served when Jesus died. Amen? And then finally, because of the consequences of sin. Alright? Why Jesus must die. Why the cross is necessary. Because the cross answers the four consequences of sin. Remember the Bible says, For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. All of us sinned. Romans 5.12, Therefore, just as sin entered the world through one man, and death through sin, and this way death came to all people, because all sinned. Four consequences of sin upon humanity. Alright? Number one, we are separated from God because of our sins. See? That's in Isaiah 59.2, Your sins have separated you from your God. Right? We are no longer children of God because of our sins. We are enemies of God. Two, because of our sin, we are in bondage to sin and to the kingdom of God. That's the second consequence. That answers the question, why? Why is it, pastor, that, you know, I know this is wrong, but I keep on doing it. You know why? You know why? You keep on doing the things that you know are bad? Because we became what? In bondage to sin and to the kingdom of Satan. See? That's the consequence of sin. Three, we deserve to bear God's wrath against sin. That's why atonement is necessary. Because we are accountable to God. And four, not only the wrath of God, we deserve to die as the penalty for sin. Friends, this four consequences of sin. This must be resolved. And the only way for these consequences to be resolved is the atonement. Alright? So these four consequences, these are the four things that I will be talking about for the next four Sundays. Alright? How did the atonement solve that? Okay? The atonement of Christ solved all these four problems. How? Number one, the atonement of Christ reconciled us to God. Remember, we were separated. The atonement reconciled us to God. So we will be talking about the atonement as a reconciliation. Number two, the atonement redeemed us from darkness. Remember, because of sin, we become in bondage to sin. That's why we are addicted to sin. How can, you be, how can you be redeemed from that? The death of Christ redeems us from that bondage. Third, the atonement of Christ satisfied the wrath of God. Remember, all humanity is supposed to bear the wrath of God. But because of Jesus' death on the cross, He absorbed the wrath. Can you imagine that? Kasuhay kaanang somebody is so mad at you, but then somebody else's went ahead. Siya'y naunang kasaba. By the time nahurot ng kasaba, pagabot ni mo, oh, waan na siya ng kasaba. Kaygi-absorb man sa imong gaunan nimo. Na ni Nalipay ka, kay hey, saved by you. Friends, that's what happened to us. Jesus absorbed all the anger of God. That's why God no longer has anger for you and for me. He absorbed it. See? That's the death of Christ on the cross. And number four, the atonement of Christ substituted our penalty of death. I'm supposed to suffer eternal death in hell, but He became my substitute. Friends, those are the four vantage points of the atonement. Reconciliation, redemption, propitiation, and what's the last? Substitution. We are going to talk one each for the next four Sundays. But for that, brethren, the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing. But for us who are being saved, listen to this, it is the power of God. It is the power of God. Let's embrace what Jesus did on the cross. Let's pray. Father, we thank you so much. We thank you so much, Lord, for the the atonement that Jesus made. Above all, we thank you so much because it was you who presented Christ as the atoning sacrifice for our sins. Oh God, bless the rest of this led season. May this be a time for us to, to study deep going into the very root of our sin so that we can realize how blessed we are that we become partakers of what Jesus accomplished on the cross Lord as we come to the communion prepare us so God to receive the sacrament as a sign and as a seal of the body and blood of our Lord Jesus Christ, which He atoned so that we can have Your forgiveness. In Jesus' name, Amen.